Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. See, my talk will be encouraging and truthful. My attitude will be gracious, uplifted. Why? Because God lives in me. I'm not going to be a condemning person. My witness is going to be controlled. I will want to talk about Jesus, but I won't get in people's faces, but I'll wait for the Spirit to open a door, and I will be sensitive. Oh, he just opened the door. I'll know it. My relationships, all of them will be controlled by the Spirit. Imagine you own a car dealership. You need salespeople, so you put out an ad, then hire the first 10 people to respond. It doesn't take long to figure out that the people you've hired have very little knowledge about cars or even selling things. As we'll hear today, when the Christians were increasing during the early days of the faith, Jesus' twelve needed to send out people to minister to unbelievers. They didn't choose the people standing at the front. They looked for Christ followers that were full of the Spirit and wisdom. In the church, even today, there are many who are not filled with the Spirit with the potential to fulfill everything God wants for them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, for our continuing study entitled, Fill Up. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Who is the agent baptizing us into the Holy Spirit? Who's the agent? It's very simple. Who's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Who is the agent that put us into the body of Christ? The Holy Spirit. So those are two distinct, different Baptisms. Make sense? So, this is the third relationship. The relationship that there's such confusion about is this one. Empowered by the Spirit. And the Spirit is not inside me. This is a, this is a relationship with the Spirit that, that's going to actually cause me to go out, to fulfill that calling. I, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And so, just like we saw, remember in Ephesus... Paul spoke to the believers. They repented. They believed he water baptized them. That wasn't the end. The Holy Spirit came in them. And the next verse, he says, he put his hands on them. And they what? They received the Holy Spirit. So we believe there is a separate and distinct relationship we can have with God that empowers us. This relationship is outward. It's not inward. It's moving us outward. In John chapter 7, Jesus says this, Out of your innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Now, he's speaking spiritually because our land is dry spiritually. So out of my innermost beings, I'm sending you to bring water to a thirsty land. And, of course, the water is Jesus Christ. Now, turn to Acts chapter 1-8. 1-8. And here comes a promise. 
By the way, everything God promises, He does. So you can know, and at the end of our service today, we're going to pray for everybody either to become a Christian or everybody to be baptized or simply filled with the Spirit. Don't worry. There's nothing weird. Nothing's going to happen. The chandeliers, we put them away so you couldn't run on them. Everything's cool. We're cool. Just just relax. Okay. Verse 8. Jesus says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Circle it. On you. Jesus in his baptism, the Holy Spirit comes on us. He over and over again, he will baptize you. It will absolutely happen. Don't leave Jerusalem. You'll receive the gift. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you then will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Verse 8 is power with a purpose. The power of God is infinitely greater than man's ability. So why does Jesus say they're not ready? Because they do not have the power of God to be sensitive to the outgoing power of the Spirit of God. They have God in them. They're already saved. They're going to heaven. But they need this power. What Jesus said is, before I did one day of ministry, I had to be filled with God's power. Before Paul did, he has to. Same for you. Same for the disciples. I have to be empowered from on high. The ability of man is not equal to the power of God. Now, we forget, what is the purpose of this power? Look at your verse. What's the purpose of the power? So you can dance. You can make an idiot of yourself. You can just scream and run around the place and just do weird things. Remember, the Holy Spirit's not weird, so that can't be right. What's the whole purpose of this power? Not to witness, but to become a witness. In other words, that should be my lifestyle. That's why Christians, when people saw them in the early century, this a few years later when they saw them, they went, those are Christians. What's the word Christian mean? Christ-like. You'll see this so clearly. So the purpose of this is to go into all the world and change the world. Now, just before Jesus went to the cross... He gave a very strange verse to the disciples. It's so clear to us, it wasn't clear to them. I want you to see this verse. Take a look. Jesus says this. This is before he goes to the cross, before he talks about the Holy Spirit. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works, because I'm going to the Father. Now, what does he mean by that? Notice, here's what he means. God designed you and I with unlimited potential. Remember, Jesus said it was better for him to go back. And the disciples are thinking, why in the world would it be better for you to go back to heaven? This is crazy. He says, because when I go, every one of you are going to have the Holy Spirit in you. And there's going to be expanded influence, time, distance, and numbers. So let me explain that. When Jesus was here... How many places could Jesus be at the same time? One place. So he could minister to how many people? Just the people that were were right in front of him. Am I right? Okay. Now, when Jesus goes back to heaven, he starts with 120, you'll see in a moment, in the upper room. When they begin to spread out, how about their influence? 120 times what Jesus could do. 
How long did Jesus minister? How many, from, from his baptism, you just saw, how many years before he goes to the cross? About three, a little more than three, three. Let's talk about Billy Graham this morning. Billy Graham's 90s. How long has he ministered? Probably 70 years. Any more than Jesus? Do you know that Billy Graham, through God's power, has brought more people to Jesus than Jesus ever even thought about? Now, here's the big one you have to understand. If we fulfill the Great Commission like they did, how do you think you became a Christian? Well, you either came from relatives in Africa or Asia or Europe. Somebody shared Jesus with those people thousands of years ago. That's why you're here today. If they'd have failed the Great Commission, you and I would be clueless. We'd be in the cloud forever. But they agreed to do it. So you guys will go thousands of different places. All over the place. Jesus went to one little country. It's great influence. And that's what he was saying. In a sense, we're little Jesuses all over the world with the power of God inside of us. And it's not about us. It's about the lost people. See, we're not to witness. We're to be a witness. I saw it happen. God changed my life. It's so powerful for all of us. Now, go to Acts 2.4. He promised if they'd wait, that the Holy Spirit would come. He promises if we ask for the Spirit, He will fill us. Acts 2, 4, all of our campuses. And all of them, how many of them? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit desires not just to live in us, but to empower us, that third rule. Please write this fact down. To do God's work, we need God's power. I cannot accomplish, you cannot accomplish what God wants you to do. You have unlimited potential to change your world. The potential lies in being a committed follower of Jesus Christ who is dependent on the power of God. Every single Christ follower needs the overflowing power of the Spirit before they can change their world. The disciples on the day of Pentecost, 120 of them, they, two things, two things, and I, I, you'll, you'll see this very clearly. They were baptized with the Spirit. That's what Jesus says. You wait, you'll be baptized with the Spirit. And then we begin to see at that initial baptism, they were filled. But then they're not going to be baptized ever again, but they're going to be filled over and over and over. So I want you to write this third fact. Fact. There is one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but many fillings. There's only one baptism of being introduced to the Spirit coming upon us, but then of many fillings. Now, as you begin to see that, what that looks like. So you might be confused, but I think it'll become very clear. Turn with me to Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. And, and I'm going to go quickly because this is so powerful, though, for you to see what happens. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Let me give you a little history. Church is exploding. We'll see next week the difference between Peter before Christ and before the baptism and after. Day and night difference. 
That's what should happen in my life. Boldness. Zeal for God. Church is expanding. There's all kinds of problems now in the church. Uh, jealousy between Grecian and Hebraic people and whatever. So the disciples get together and they say this. Look, we can't get involved in these day-to-day things. We've got to keep praying and we've got to keep studying. So they do something. They say to the church to look out among you and look what the command was. Look what they said for them to do. Look at verse 3. Brothers, and this could be men or women. This just happens to be deacons at this point. Choose seven men. Choose seven women from among you who are known to be, what's it say? Full of the Spirit. Who are known to be full of the Spirit. Now, stop and ask yourself a question. How did they know who was full of the Spirit? Well, they look for people and ask them to stand up. And if they had a Holy Spirit t-shirt on in the back, that was them. They had a little dove as a woman. That was them. Oh, she's filled with the Spirit. No, I mean, it's a great question. How would they know? I want you to write this down. The Spirit-filled lifestyle will be recognizable and visible. You'll see in a moment how they knew. And by the way, it's not because they spoke in tongues. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great gift. It's not about dancing up and down the church, making yourself look like an idiot in the church. Ah, there's the one who shouts the loudest on the third row. He's filled. Sometimes, definitely not. And I'll show you how in a moment. It will be recognizable and visible. But I want your attention really... I I want you... The cloud's going to lift now. This is huge for you. Why didn't the disciples say this? Look out among you, here in Melbourne, and Vieira, look at all those people in that service. And in Sebastian, look at them. Now just pick seven of them. Let's do it. See, they didn't just say seven of them. They wanted seven that were filled with the Spirit. So what does that mean many of the others were not? They were not filled with the Spirit. See, if every single one of you here in Melbourne are filled with the Spirit, all I just say, pick seven, let's go. No, I had to define it. Pick seven of this group in Melbourne and Sebastian that are filled with the Spirit. That meant many of the Christians there were what? Not filled with the Spirit. That's pretty much a picture of the church. Today, Christians have the Spirit in them, but do not have the power to accomplish the unbelievable potential that's in them. That's why I'm teaching on this. Because if we'll get it and get filled, we'll turn this community upside down for Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of the teaching. That's the purpose of the baptism and the filling of the Spirit of God. Now, if you will, let's turn to Ephesians 5 and we'll see what some of those characteristics look like when we're filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul begins to tell us, and he uses a contrast that's pretty simple and pretty easy to understand. Watch what he says. Now, don't get drunk, verse 18, all of our campuses, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, when a person is filled 
with alcohol. What happens? They come under the control of the alcohol. And the alcohol affects their speech and their walk and their thinking and their actions. Before you became a Christian, if you used to get drunk, you're out of your mind. It affected every aspect. You're driving. That's why we have all these accidents. It affects their whole life. They, they come under the influence. They're controlled by the alcohol. So what is Paul saying? Don't be controlled by the things of the world, but come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be, be filled with the Spirit. So write this down if you would. Here's what I told you at the beginning, under his influence. Spirit-filled can be said, be controlled by or come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you're drunk, you're controlled without your desire, your will. It, you're just drunk, and the alcohol takes over. Not so with the Spirit. We cooperate with the Spirit. He never comes in and takes you over. We learn in Corinthians, the Spirit is subject to the individual. So, you know, used to have in church, people would get up and scream and, and shout out something, and they'd say, We'd say, you know, not on the churches, way back, way back, way, 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 way back. We'd say to them, sit down. Well, I can't sit down. The Spirit told me to do it. And then you read the verse, well, no, the Spirit's subject to you. Shut up and sit down. Because <laughs> it disrupted the church. So, unlike alcohol, the Spirit will never control you. I had to do this. No, He works with you. He works with you. He's not ridiculous. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. So when I'm filled with the Spirit, when I come under the influence of the Spirit... By the way, look at that verse again, because we don't understand this in the original language. That verse in the original language means this. When it says be filled, it means this. Be constantly, be constantly being filled with the Spirit. Constantly be filled with the Spirit to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's something that is an ongoing, everyday process, in fact, even through the day. Because when I'm not under the control of the Spirit, when I'm not influenced by the Spirit, what influences me? Me. And what, I, what am I? What are you? Selfish. Okay? So I don't want to be under my influence. I want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. He wants to empower me. Now, what is that going to affect? Write this down this morning. This is just a sampling. How did they know when they looked at these people? Because they knew their lives. It was a small church. They knew this. It's going to affect my speech, my heart, my attitude, of course, my witness, and my relationships. How do I know this? Well, if you just take Ephesians 5 and go all the way through Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6, you see all of these things. See my talk? will be encouraging and truthful. My attitude will be gracious, uplifted. Why? Because God lives in me. I'm not going to be a condemning person. My witness is going to be controlled. I will want to talk about Jesus, but I won't get in people's faces, but I'll wait for the Spirit to open a door, and I will be sensitive. Oh, he just opened the door. I'll know it. My relationships, all of them will be controlled by the Spirit. That means my family, my kids, my work, my church. When we are living the spirit-filled life, the evidence will be seen by us. We'll know it. And the world will know it. Very often, when Peter does these things, the greatest compliment could ever happen 
the Jewish leaders which hated Peter and John and the miracles they were doing, they said this to themselves, these guys have been with Jesus. The greatest compliment you and I can ever have. How did they know that? They could tell by all of these things. They were filled with the Spirit again. And just before this comment, the Scripture says, and Peter being filled with the Spirit. It was a refilling. He'd already been filled in Acts chapter 2-4. I need it over and over and over again. Now, go to Acts chapter 2 quickly. Acts chapter 2 quickly. Let me summarize this for you. Well, how long is the power of God supposed to operate in our lives? There's some wonderful people, they're They believe that there's no need for the power of God. There's no need for uh, miracles. There's no need for anything of the Spirit now that the uh, the, the church is out of that first century. Well, we don't believe that at all. The fastest growing churches in the world are churches that believe in the things of the Spirit within balance. And I want you to see what Peter does. After Peter preaches, the people are, their heart is touched, and they basically say to Peter, what should we do? He's preaching to these Jews. He tells them, you just killed Jesus. He's bold. And, and it's the, the word says they, they were cut in their heart. That means the Holy Spirit was alongside them. And they say, what should we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. So he says, you need to repent. Holy Spirit's going to come in you. Holy Spirit's going to put you in the body of Christ. Then you need to be water baptized. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 39 is huge. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. I'm a father. I'm a grandpa. How important is it for me this morning to know that if I die and my kids die, Linda and I's children die, and our grandkids are still here 50 years from now, we're all dead. Don't look at me. You're all dead. 100 years from now, for sure you're all dead. And we have our grandkids here. How important is it for you to know that the same power that resides in me can reside in my grandkids. Hallelujah. Now, why is that important? Not just because it's my grandkids, because who's going to tell the world that Jesus is Lord? You can't do it without the power of God. So what a huge thing. Peter says it's for this generation and the next generation and for every generation that will ever come. Why? Because I cannot accomplish the work of God without the power of God. And it's available to me as a gift over and over and over again. It becomes a lifestyle. Last verse, here it is. Let's go back to one more verse, just before that, if you would. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. When we looked at Acts chapter 6 today, we saw the disciples sought to find more people that could go out and minister to people. They were looking for believers who were full of the Spirit and wisdom. A Spirit-filled lifestyle will be visible to those around us. 
that indwelling affects our speech, our hearts, our attitudes, our witness, and our relationships. If we want that gift, He will give it to us and we can live by His power. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB549. The title of this message is Fill Up Part 2. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB549, and the title is Fill Up Part 2. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark speaks about the role of the Holy Spirit in giving us spiritual gifts. Now we can know when it's from God. We'll also come to understand what it means to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit and what indicators in our lives bear witness to Him. Even those who have been believers for a long time can be confused about this. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled Step Up. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 